Chapter fourteen of Original Stories from Real Life. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Original Stories from Real Life by Mary Wollstonecraft. Chapter fourteen Innocent Amusements description of a welsh castle history of a welsh harper a tyrannical landlord family pride as it was now harvest time the new scene and the fine weather delighted the children who ran continually out to view the reapers indeed everything seemed to wear a face of festivity and the ripe corn bent under its own weight or more erect shewed the laughing appearance of plenty mrs mason always allowing the gleaners to have a sufficient quantity a great number of poor came to gather a little harvest and she was pleased to see the feeble hands of childhood and age collecting the scattered ears honest jack came with his family and when the labours of the day were over would play on a fiddle that frequently had but three strings but it served to set the feet in motion and the lads and lasses dancing on the green sod suffered every care to sleep an old welsh harper generally came to the house about this time of the year and stayed a month or more for mrs mason was particularly fond of this instrument and interested in the fate of the player as is almost always the case when we have rescued a person out of any distress she informed the children that once travelling through wales her carriage was overturned near the ruins of an old castle and as she had escaped unhurt she determined to wander amongst them whilst the driver took care of his horses and her servant hastened to the neighbouring village for assistance it was almost dark and the lights began to twinkle in the scattered cottages the scene pleased me continued mrs mason i thought of the various customs which the lapse of time unfolds and dwelt on the state of the welsh when this castle now so desolate was the hospitable abode of the chief of a noble family these reflections entirely engrossed my mind when the sound of a harp reached my ears never was anything more opportune the national music seemed to give reality to the pictures which my imagination had been drawing i listened a while and then trying to trace the pleasing sound discovered after a short search a little hut rudely built the walls of an old tower supported part of the thatch which scarcely kept out the rain and the two other sides were stone cemented or rather plastered together by mud and clay i entered and beheld an old man sitting by a few loose sticks which blazed on the hearth 
and a young woman with one child at her breast sucking and another on her knee near them stood a cow and her calf the man had been playing on the harp he rose when he saw me and offered his chair the only one in the room and sat down on a large chest in the chimney corner when the door was shut all the light that was omitted came through the hole called a chimney and did not much enliven the dwelling i mentioned my accident to account for my intrusion and requested the harper again to touch the instrument that had attracted me a partition of twigs and dried leaves divided this apartment from another in which i perceived a light i inquired about it and the woman in an artless manner informed me that she had let it to a young gentlewoman lately married who was related to a very good family and would not lodge anywhere or with anybody this intelligence made me smile to think that family pride should be a solace in such extreme poverty i sat there some time and then the harper accompanied me to see whether the carriage was repaired i found it waiting for me and as the inn i was to sleep at was only about two miles further the harper offered to come and play to me whilst i was eating my supper this was just what i wished for his appearance had roused my compassion as well as my curiosity and i took him and his harp in the chaise after supper he informed me that he had once a very good farm but he had been so unfortunate as to displease the justice who never forgave him nor rested till he had ruined him this tyrant always expected his tenants to assist him to bring in his harvest before they had got in their own the poor harper was once in the midst of his when an order was sent to him to bring his carts and servants the next day to the fields of this petty king he foolishly refused and this refusal was the foundation of that settled hatred which produced such fatal consequences ah madam said the sufferer your heart would ache if you heard of all his cruelties to me and the rest of his poor tenants he employs many labourers and will not give them as much wages as they could get from the common farmers yet they dare not go anywhere else to work when he sends for them the fish that they catch they must bring first to him or they would not be allowed to walk over his grounds to catch them and he will give just what he pleases for the most valuable part of their pannier but there would be no end to my story were i to tell you of all his oppressions i was obliged to leave my farm and my daughter whom you saw this evening having married an industrious young man i came to live with them when would you believe it this same man threw my son into jail on account of his killing a hare which all the country folks do when they can catch them in their grounds 
we were again in great distress and my daughter and i built the hut you saw in the waste that the poor babes might have a shelter i maintain them by playing on the harp the master of this inn allows me to play to the gentry who travel this way so that i pick up a few pence just enough to keep life and soul together and to enable me to send a little bread to my poor son john thomas he then began one of the most dismal of his welsh ditties and in the midst of it cried out he is an upstart a mere mushroom his grandfather was cowboy to mine so i told him once and he never forgot it the old man then informed me that the castle in which he now was sheltered formerly belonged to his family such are the changes and chances of this mortal life said he and hastily struck up a lively tune while he was striking the strings i thought too of the changes in life which an age had produced the descendant of those who had made the hall ring with social mirth now mourned in its ruins and hung his harp on the mouldering battlements such is the fate of buildings and of families after i had dismissed my guest i sent for the landlord to make some farther inquiries and found that i had not been deceived i then determined to assist him and thought my accident providential i knew a man of consequence in the neighbourhood i visited him and exerted myself to procure the enlargement of the young man i succeeded and not only restored him to his family but prevailed on my friend to let him rent a small farm on his estate and i gave him money to buy stock for it and the implements of husbandry the old harper's gratitude was unbounded the summer after he walked to visit me and ever since he has contrived to come every year to enliven our harvest home this evening it is to be celebrated the evening came the joyous party footed it away merrily and the sound of their shoes was heard on the barn floor it was not the light fantastic toe that fashion taught to move but honest heartfelt mirth and the loud laugh if it spoke the vacant head said audibly that the heart was guileless mrs mason always gave them some trifling presents at this time to render the approach of winter more comfortable to the men she generally presented warm clothing and to the women flax and worsted for knitting and spinning and those who were the most industrious received a reward when the new year commenced the children had books given to them and little ornaments all were anxious for the day and received their old acquaintance the harper with the most cordial smiles End of chapter fourteen